I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show. I'm Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host, holistic and integrative physician and surgeon, Dr. Gaston Cornu Labat, graduated from Facultad de Medicina Universidad de Buenos Aires, Argentina, in 1991. He obtained his specialty title in general surgery from Northeastern Ohio University's College of Medicine in Youngstown, Ohio, in 2001, to then specialize in liver and pancreatic surgery at Virginia Mason Medical Center in Seattle, Washington, and became a member of the Pancreas Club Incorporated. Licensed over the past decades, in the states of Ohio, Nebraska, Washington, and Texas, after years in academic surgery leading research, numerous publications, and international presentations in diverse fields pertaining to his specialty, Dr. Gaston shifted in his career into the study and understanding of the human experience as a whole in all that relates to health and disease and practiced as a rural surgeon in the United States Midwest. He incorporated this understanding into his medical and surgical practice. As a holistic and integrating medical practitioner, he later apprenticed to Jonathan V. Wright, M.D., and his team at the Tahoma Clinic in Seattle, Washington, building extensive expertise in natural, nutritional, and anti-aging medicine to then serve as a practitioner at said clinic for five years. He also participated in numerous seminars for non-pharmacological pain management based on the techniques discovered and developed by Dr. Stephen Kaufman, D.C., Pain Neutralization Technique, or PNT. Dr. Guston authored with Dr. Kaufman's contributions, the book, PNT, An Unprecedented Revolution in Pain Management. With this extensive knowledge base and experience, he focused his practice in integrative oncology. One of the feature experts at the documentary series, The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest, in 2015, Dr. Gaston was also a feature speaker at the TTAC Live Symposium in 2016. He has participated in other documentaries, radio shows, and media productions educating the public. In February 2017, he joined the Hope for Cancer family as chief medical advisor, bringing to the table a unique combination of knowledge and experience ranging from traditional medicine to conventional allopathic and alternative and complementary healing modalities to the Tijuana and Cancun clinics in Mexico. As an integrated part of the executive team, he contributed to develop and monitor successive treatment protocols and the educational programs for H4C staff doctors and nurses. He also supervised and managed complex patient cases. At present, Dr. Gaston is focusing on research and development of cutting-edge natural oncologic protocols for effective management of cancer. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Dr. Cornu Labat, and I look forward to hearing about Curaderm that is commonly called the eggplant cancer cure. Now first, what is Curaderm? All right, Carl, thank you uh, for uh, having me and your show. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, so Curaderm, the eggplant, uh, it's a very interesting um, natural substance that has very specific effects against cancer cells. And um, it's been now over three decades that's been 
out in the market in the world uh, commercialized as a cream uh, where this active compound uh, is very, very effective against uh, pre-malignant and malignant uh, skin lesions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curoderm also has, Curoderm, or the active compound, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, that the technical term for them, uh, for these compounds, because it's a group of compounds, is solasodin, rhamnosyl, glycosides, and uh, uh, other very effective, uh, um, not meaning to be redundant, but effects on cancer cells. Uh, that are still in the research and development phase, uh, but unquestionably, uh, this medication in the use of uh, pre-malignant and malignant lesions of the skin uh, has been the most cost-effective uh, mm-hmm. cure. And how was it discovered? Uh, it's a very interesting story. Uh, it uh, relates to folklore, uh, of uh, a cattleman in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the Hereford um, cattle that are common in Australia, and because of their characteristic and the intense sun, uh, at least it's postulated is the intense sun, uh, these cattle used to develop, or maybe they still do, develop uh, a cancers around the eyes in the area where they have a significant white patches mm-hmm. of their of their skin. And typically these tumors were uh, squamous cell mm-hmm. carcinoma, which is common skin cancer. And um, the government uh, used to use a poultice out of uh, fruit that grew in the wild. They are called devil's apple. And this poultice uh, would delay or uh, or impact significantly the growth of these tumors. Uh, when Bill Cham, uh, Bill Cham is a biochemist uh, doctor who used to live in Australia at the time. Mm-hmm. This is in the 70s. He learned about these, and uh, he started looking into devil's apple and the compounds and through his, I mean, at this point, lifelong research. Uh, came to the surface that there were some glycoalkaloids uh, that were very specific to these plants, the devil's apple, and to uh, the family of plants, uh, Solanacea, uh, to which the eggplant belongs, that had significant concentration of these glycoalkaloids, and these glycoalkaloids proved to be um, very specific and effective. Mm-hmm. against cancer cells. Now, you mentioned that it was used for the skin cancers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I know it's not useful for melanoma, but it is for some of the other skin cancers. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Uh, well, skin cancers, uh, you may know this uh, to share with the audience, is by far the most common type of cancer that affects humans. Um, the most typical type of skin cancers are two types, which are one is known as uh, basal cell carcinoma, mm-hmm. uh, or BCC, and the other one is known as squamous cell carcinoma, or SCC. Uh, those two types comprise, uh, say, about 90% of the skin cancers. Um, there is another type of lesion that is extremely common, which has a prevalence uh, somewhere between 10 to 50% of the population, which is called actinic keratosis or solar keratosis. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's known to be a pre-malignant lesion. Um, and then there is the other type of skin cancer that is fairly common, although not as common as these two, which is melanoma. Um, actually, uh, curoderm and the active compound in curoderm, the SRGs, are active against all type of skin cancer cells, oh. even melanoma. Oh. Hmm. Uh, there is a reason why um, Q 
Curaderm is not recommended for the treatment of melanoma. Mm-hmm. Melanoma has a behavior that is different from the other two more common cancers. Uh, because the other two, the basal cell carcinoma and the squamous cell carcinoma, happen to be slow-growing type of cancers that tend to spread very late in the process, years mm-hmm. after uh, they started growing and showing up. And they tend to spread locally. So basal cell carcinoma characteristically just grows over the years and eats up the surrounding tissue. Mm-hmm. Squamous cell carcinoma does the same, but on top of that, part of the process late uh, tends to grow into the lymph nodes in the area too. But melanoma has a different type of uh, of growth pattern. It's probably a completely different disease too. Uh, melanoma tends to spread to lymph nodes and systemically a lot earlier than the others. Oh. And even melanoma will start as a very... Uh, insignificant dark spot in the skin, but show up with metastasis all over the place. So because of this characteristic of a very aggressive and rapidly spreading disease, to encourage local treatment with a cream is not mm-hmm. uh, the best way to go about it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- this, in my under- and this is my understanding, this is my personal perspective on this, because mm-hmm. the SRGs themselves are effective against melanoma. This been, the, these compounds have been tested in uh, over 20 different tumor cell lines, and consistently they are effective in producing uh, cell death. And compared to other well-known chemotherapeutic agents in the same type of testing, they are a lot more powerful. So I know that if a melanoma of the skin, this cream is applied, where the melanoma is, where you apply the cream, the melanoma will will be gone. But the problem is, uh, did it metastasize or not? Mm-hmm. And because melanoma has to be kind of assumed to be a systemic disease to begin with, then it's not advisable to consider as a first line of treatment a cream, mm-hmm. right? That you apply at home on your own, that you can buy over the internet. Um, we are not uh, at a stage where that can be uh, considered. Mm-hmm. But the other two types of cancers and actinic keratosis, which are overwhelmingly more common skin conditions, mm-hmm. yeah, those can be very safely treated with curaderm and pretty much uh, there's not a significant amount of evidence of failure of the treatment. So it's, it, it, it's as close as you can get to 100%. You know, you, mm-hmm. in medicine, you can never say 100%, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite a challenge to, to be absolute. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, it's as close to 100% effectiveness as I, mm-hmm. I have seen. Where would patients or the public look for these cancers in the areas that are most exposed to the sun? Uh, yes, and that's the most common pattern. You know, there's a lot of theory behind the predisposing factors uh, for development of cancer. Uh, the strongest evidence and the common knowledge, let's put it that way, is that sun exposure is the cause. Mm-hmm. However, as you will know from your experience and from having been dealing with this topic for for some time now, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more than just simple um, risk factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are environmental factors, mm-hmm. uh, sun exposure, but there are also terrain factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one very interesting study that looked into uh, two different communities, uh, one in uh, Australia where the highest incidence of skin cancer in the world is is documented, and the other one in Greece, where they happen to have the same type of solar radiation exposure because of geographic location and and climate characteristics, Mm -hmm. yet they have a markedly different incidence of skin cancer. Mm -hmm. And the researchers concluded that the difference between the two populations was their diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's the only thing they could find that made a difference between the two. 
and all that was different between the two, mm-hmm. two populations. So here there's a suggestion uh, that there are protective factors in our diet or risk factors mm-hmm. in the other type that predispose to skin cancer. And the more we understand cancer, the more it becomes evident that it's multifactorial. Uh, all this said, still sun exposure is the most significant known risk factor. And time, you know, it's sun exposure over time mm-hmm. because the incidence of the disease increases with age. Now, is the older the... we get, the higher the chance of developing. Mm-hmm. Is the diet related to the antioxidants? Because I've read that antioxidants will reduce sunburn. And also there are oral sunscreens that include powerful antioxidants. Do you think that that is partly why the diet made a difference? Uh, probably, yes. Yes, antioxidants, uh, uh, diets rich in antioxidants in general tend to be a lot more healthy mm-hmm. than the old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, it also has to do with the production of melanin and mm-hmm. the skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my first exposure to these factors was uh, at the Tahoma Clinic with Dr. Wright. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on this particular research I just mentioned, he developed uh, two products that are called Tan Pal and Sun Pal. And both of them, uh, through antioxidants and micronutrients that are characteristic in Mediterranean type diets, they decrease significantly the incidence uh, with sun exposure, which seems to be the most significant factor, not being exposed to sun, but getting burned by that exposure, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. increase the, the use of these particular supplements increases the, the deepness of the tan, which the more tanned you are, the more protected you are from, from getting burned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it seems that the actual risk factor from sun exposure is not so much how, how long you're exposed, but how much you get burned. Mm-hmm. Right. Are there any side effects to the curaderm? Uh, there are, okay, so there are barely any side effects, uh, and I said barely any because there have been some reports of dermatitis um, that has happened, and dermatitis means uh, kind of severe local inflammation of the skin in the area beyond the area that's being treated. Uh, there were officially two cases reported of that. Uh, there is a significant component of pain related to the application uh, of the cream during the treatment that has, is understood to be related to two other components of the cream that are keratinolytic agents, meaning that they break down the keratin, which is the protective outside layer of the skin, mm-hmm. And that keratinolytic effect is necessary for the active compound to come in contact with the abnormal cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And those two compounds seem to be the ones, the culprit, uh, for for the pain that is experienced when you apply the the cream. Um, Urea and salicylate are the two, or salicylic acid are the two uh, keratinolytic agents. And there is one other... Uh, known side effect, uh, which seems to be related to people that are actually sensitive to salicylates mm. uh, that don't tolerate well the treatment. Mm-hmm. But all things considered, uh, these are very, very minor uh, side effects for um, a very effective and simple way of dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. Right? Great. I. Mm-hmm. You know, as, I, as I'm telling you this, I'm remembering a consultation I got uh, about three or four months ago uh, from a patient who um, was trying to research about, he was trying to find out about um, the use of the eggplant compounds for uh, treatment of internal cancers. And we had a discussion about this area of research that is ongoing. But then <laughs> the real reason why... Uh, he wanted to visit with me, showed up, because uh, 
we start the conversation talking about a rare type of lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And if there was any experience in the use, internal use of effectuant compounds in this particular lymphoma, and we went about it. Uh, but then he, since I, I told you there was no particular experience with that type of, of lymphoma, because it's very rare, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, he says, yeah, I kind of imagined that. But, you know, I wanted to tell you because I'm currently on remission. Uh, I went through the conventional treatment. But the moment I finished the conventional treatment, uh, skin cancers started showing up everywhere. And I had four lesions initially, and I went to the doctors, and I went through surgery, and I went through dermatology, and I ended up uh, spending $40,000 to treat these two, these four lesions, and then seven more showed up. And I started researching, and I came across Curoderm, mm-hmm. and I spent $300, and I bought two, uh, two um, vials. <laughs> and then he starts telling me, one by one, all those seven lesions and how he went treat, treating each one of them and how they went disappearing. And he was so delighted. And he said, he, he kept telling me, you know, I, I tried to talk to the oncologist. I tried to talk to the dermatologist. <laughs> they, they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear about it. And now I know I can talk to you because you understand. So <laughs> the whole purpose of the consult is being about him being able to share his delight about how he resolved his huge health problem that was costing, had cost so much money and grief before, and now he was being able to resolve all this on his own at home mm-hmm. with just a minimal expense. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a very interesting uh, phone visit. <laughs> you know, you hear so many of these stories. I had a neighbor, and this was about six, seven years ago. She had severe chronic colitis, and she was on a medication that was $12,000 a month. Their insurance paid mm-hmm. for it, but she said it wasn't helping. And I said to her, well, whenever I have a GI problem, I said, I always use Elevira. And she said, what's that? And I told her, I said, I use George's because it's debittered. And so it just is like water. I said, you take it a couple times a day. You take a probiotic. She said, well, I'll try it. So, I mean, every time I see her, she thanks me. And it's been probably six, seven years. She said, I used to have seven or eight episodes a day. And now she says, I might have one every three or four months. And I said, and it's a lot cheaper too, isn't it? And she said, yeah. But see, (laughs) the drug companies don't want this information out there. No, the, the, I, you know, I, uh, I think there's a combination here, right? Uh, it seems to be that there is a group of people that are not interested in this information coming out. Mm-hmm. But also, it would seem to be that we, humanity in general, are not quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the information is around, you know? And, uh, and, we're, I think we're getting very close to, to that turn of the page, uh, the next step mm-hmm. for humanity, but uh, not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a uh, lot the, easier the, now, Gaston, than it was when I had lung cancer in 1974 because we didn't have the Internet and we mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm, have any yes. of the media things that we have now. Yeah. So, yes. It's much easier for people to have access to all of the things that are out there. Yeah, you're you're so correct, Carl. And I think that is, uh, if not the uh, catalyst, uh, one of the very significant catalysts for a huge uh, growth that is happening uh, in the world. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the information age. That's, mm-hmm. that's we are in. Then, Gaston, how do clients use the Curaderm? Do they rub it on once a day, twice a day? Do they bandage it, or do they leave it open? Or? Yeah, well, it's it's very straightforward. You know that um, the, although it it wouldn't produce any harm except just a minimum expense to your pocket to mm-hmm. apply to a lesion that is not mm-hmm. malignant or malignant, uh, it's always useful to have an idea about the diagnosis, right? But once that is established, the 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 cream is very simple. 
you apply just a small layer over the area of the lesion and spreading it out a few millimeters around mm -hmm. the visible lesion. And then it's covered up with uh, some tape just to keep it occluded mm -hmm. and so that it doesn't dry, mm -hmm. so that the cream doesn't dry out. And that can be done twice a day for a small lesion, and it will take up somewhere between 5 to maybe 30 days. Oh, really? For the lesion to, to, to be gone. Or it can be applied up to 30, uh, every 30 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. uh, So as to speed process, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it is remarkable once, uh, you know, typically... Um, Skin lesions of this nature are like an iceberg where you see the tip, which is the visible lesion, and then you have a bulk of the disease that is not visible. So at the beginning, if people are not aware of this, and there, uh, there is a lot of information available, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, a common thing that happens is person starts applying, and suddenly the redness and the opening in the skin is maybe twice what the skin what the lesion looked like. Uh, and that's because the cream, the, the active compound, just seeks and destroys all abnormal cells in the area. So at the beginning, and because it is, the lesions are always bigger than what they look, or at least the, 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 the presence of malignant abnormal cells are a lot more spread mm -hmm. than what they look. Mm -hmm. uh, so at the beginning... The lesion gets bigger, so that scares. Uh, but that that initial phase is within the usually between the first week, and then you start seeing while the cream is still layer by layer eliminating abnormal cells. At the same time, the normal cells start coming back, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the treatment should always be done until completely normal skin is recovered. Great. And uh, you mentioned that there's other uses for the curaderm. Uh, what else might people use this for? Mm, okay, so there's there's evidence that's coming up right now, and it's it's still an early phase, right? But there's evidence that that there may be effectiveness of this compound in psoriasis. Oh. Um, there was recently a paper published about these, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a little early. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, 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 to, to, to be able to recommend, uh, the, the cream for, mm -hmm. for psoriasis. The other, uh, known effect is antifungal effect that the molecules have. So, it may have significant benefit in the treatment of, uh, of, uh, fungal lesions. Mm -hmm. The other huge area mm -hmm. that is still in development uh, is the use of the active compounds in internal cancers. That, uh, that is coming down the pipe. Uh, it will, uh, it will come to fruition, but it's still in the early developmental phases. Mm -hmm. There was, um, uh, initial phase one and phase two clinical trials that were done in 2006, uh, uh using intravenous uh, a, a very specific intravenous formulation of these compounds that showed some response, but overall ended up being considered unsuccessful, uh, particularly because liver uh, toxicity, mm -hmm. reversible toxicity, uh, started showing up on the patients that went back to normal as soon as the medication was stopped. Um, however, recently there's been some reformulation of the IV form, and uh, none of this liver toxicity has been observed in the early uh, um, ex experiences mm -hmm. that have, have been uh, on ongoing uh, with, with, a, with a completely different uh, formulation for IV use of the same active compound. Uh, so this is very promising, mm -hmm. uh, and it is very effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still kind of early to 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 start voicing it to the public, uh, but I can tell you because I'm somehow related to these developments that is very very exciting. 
It would be great if there was something for psoriasis because that's been a problem that has been difficult to resolve for a long time. If if yes. if my memory's right. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, psoriasis, it's, it's a very common skin condition uh, that affects a lot of people. Interestingly enough, it's, a, it's an autoimmune disease and um, uh, with something similar to cancer, you know, we tend to to go after the manifestation, there's a lot of a lot of complexity behind autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. uh, that are very well served by a very systemic, comprehensive, holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, <laughs> if if this proves to be the case uh, and this works in psoriasis, it would be very very beneficial. And Gaston, why have so few people heard about Curaderm? Yeah, that's a great question, Carl. Uh, uh, I I've been puzzling about these for quite a while. Um, when the the very first paper that was published about uh, Curaderm as a skin as a cream effective for for the treatment of skin cancers was mm-hmm. in 1980, and since then uh, there. There was an initial phase one, there was a phase two, and there was phase three clinical trial done, uh, all of them showing consistent uh, effectiveness and safety of the of the medication. Uh, when it was originally commercialized by Bill Cham and his company in in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, in Australia, it came out as an over-the-counter medication. And a lot of people used it, and a lot of very positive feedback was gathered. Uh, but then the Australasian Dermatology Association um, pushed the Australian health authorities, their version of the FDA, to make Curaderm a Schedule Three um, prescription-only mm-hmm. uh, medication. And then they started persecuting Bill Cham. I do not know, and maybe Bill Cham is a good candidate to, to interview someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the full all the details of the story, but I know that Bill Cham was, essentially had to leave Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh the persecution he suffered. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, Curoderm Global, the company, uh, is settled in in the Republic of Vanuatu, which is a group of islands in the Polynesia, mm-hmm. uh, west of Australia, near Fiji. Uh, and there's been a very systematic... So the, the, the reason why I, I mention this is because I see throughout the last 30 years in doing research in the literature and reading and, uh, and getting in-depth into what is known about skin cancer treatment, um, I, I'm deducing these from what is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the absence of information. For example, if you, today you do a literature search on standards of care for uh, the treatment of skin cancers, non-melanoma skin cancer. So you're going to find several reviews over the last uh, 10 years uh, in the main uh, medical journals throughout the world. And consistently, these reviews go through a description. They're kind of always, reviews are kind of structured similarly. You go through a review of the disease and then through the mention of the most commonly used type of treatments, and then eventually you get to a historical review of previous treatments, so that the treatments that are currently used go from the ones considered most effective to the ones considered least effective, and eventually to the historical reviews of treatments that have been proposed and then that are proving not being effective or are not currently in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And there's not even mention. Oh, oh. Not hmm. even in the historical hmm. 
perspective of you know things that came out and didn't work, mm-hmm. and knowing the unquestionable body of published scientific evidence, and I'm being very very emphatic on this unquestionable body of scientific evidence of the effectiveness of this particular medication, the fact that it's not even mentioned in the reviews mm-hmm. is very significant. Right, right. Very significant. Yeah. And if we think up a little bit in economic terms, and we think of some aspect of medicine, the treatment, let's say the treatment of skin cancer, uh, well, something like Kiloderm is a major disruptor for a well-established business. So, so sure, this is nothing new in business and in economics, you know. A disruptor, uh, the disruptors, oh no, the disrupted mm-hmm. will always make a big effort to eliminate, eliminate the disruptee, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why nobody knows about it or very few people know about it. Mm-hmm. When we're, we're talking about a condition, uh, Pre-malignant and malignant conditions that are, are the most, by far, the most common that affect humans. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Bill Cham because I tried to locate him initially when I got the book, and I've shared it with other people that have skin cancers and they're using it. I couldn't locate him, and since Jonathan Wright had done the foreword, that's how I contacted him. And so he's not out there where people can find him either easily. And so I think he's not. I mean, literally, he's been persecuted. Yeah. Yeah. And persecution with 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 a capital P at the beginning, you know. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's understandable. It it is a couple of things. You know, my opinion, Bill Chambers deserves a Nobel Prize for his discovery. Yeah. And this is not my idea. It's me echoing what Jonathan Wright's opinion mm-hmm. was, uh, is about him. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. Uh, his discovery is major and will prove to be a major contribution to, to humanity. Mm-hmm. And this is his life work. And uh, um, it's remarkable that even, uh, even though the, the, the commercial environment was has been over the last three decades as hostile as you can make it. Uh, it's still a viable company that's still making these products available to the world. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing but profound admiration for him right. and his family. Because mm-hmm. this is a family business. I do want to mention his book for the listeners since we're talking about this so that if they Mm -hmm. have further questions. And his book is called The Eggplant Cancer Cure, A Treatment for Skin Cancer and New Hope for Other Cancers from Nature's Pharmacy. And it's by Dr. Bill E. Cham, C-H-A-M. And I, I think that might be helpful if someone has skin cancer and they are listening to this, they can pick up that book and also in case there's something they missed that they want to check further on. So with that, Gaston, I want to move on a little bit more to you because you've done a lot of work in the area of oncology for many years and you co-authored a book on pain, which is also a big problem with cancer patients. And can you tell us about the book that you co-authored? I think it came out three or four years ago. Uh, sure, yes. Before, uh, let me mention, before we get into talking about me, <laughs> let me mention, because the, the book you mentioned is the first book that Bill Champ wrote. Uh-huh. He published a few years, second book called Inspired by Nature, Proven by Science. Oh. And it, it's expanded mm-hmm. uh, and much more detailed on 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 the same topic of the eggplant cure. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So it's a beautiful book, and it's as clear as it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And certainly for anybody that is interested in finding more information, other than relying on what they're being told, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll answer. I very strongly recommend that book, this book. Great. I think I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, regarding the uh, the book I, I I I published a few years back, that's called it's, the book is called uh, uh, PNT Pain 
neutralization technique, uh, an unprecedented revolution in pain management. Uh, this is uh, something very interesting that that uh, enriched my my medical practice. Uh, I when I joined the Tahoma Clinic, I was invited to a seminar in Denver by uh, Stephen Kaufman, mm-hmm. who's a chiropractor in Denver, who actually discovered and developed this technique. And uh, it's called PNT, Pain Neutralization Technique. And it's the most extraordinary technique for pain management. There's absolutely nothing that compares to these. And it relates to um, mainly to at least the bulk of the experience is related to musculoskeletal pains. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it is centered around the concept of trigger points and the use of innate um, reflexes that actually shut off trigger points the same way you would shut off your kitchen light when you switch when you you flip the switch mm-hmm. so when a trigger point is identified uh say your neck is sore and you push on your upper trap muscle and there's one point where the person you know mm-hmm. typical doctor puts the finger and makes you hurt right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and once you identify that point uh you do a very gentle but specific maneuver to trigger that reflex, and the point shuts off on the spot. Boom. Just like that. Mm -hmm. And the pain that you were having in your neck disappears. Mm. Um, This is particularly effective in chronic pain conditions. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's hundreds, thousands actually of cases of uh, people with frozen shoulders that haven't been able to lift their arm for three, four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done it on stage doing presentations to the public about this. I've seen Kaufman do it many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you, you apply the reflex and suddenly the person is lifting his or her shoulder uh, three times the, the range of motion they had five minutes before. Mm-hmm. And they had not had that range of motion for three years. Um, when I published the book, I, I worked with Kaufman, and the intention, the idea behind that book was to um, to just let the public know that this technique exists and uh, share um the experience that has been collected. So it's actually a, 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 an explanation of not the technique itself, oh, but mm-hmm. what story about, about. So you can't learn how to do it by reading the book, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. But you learn mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. and what it does. And the book has been on Amazon available <coughs> since the original publication. And it's still there. Yeah, maybe you um, need to maybe you need to do another book then on the technique. What to do? Well, yeah, but that's uh, that, that uh, Kaufman <laughs> uh, didn't look forward to to getting the the um, the technique mm-hmm. uh, explained. He's um, a very wise man. He moved with something very precious. Uh, at not only at his own pace, but at the pace of um, of the environment. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know that when Kaufman is ready, uh, that technique will become universally available. Mm-hmm. But currently, the only way to learn it is through his. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit of time left, and I did want to hear a little bit about your current position where you're chief medical advisor at the Hope for Cancer Clinic, and you're carrying on research and development. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, uh, sure. Uh, so actually, I'm. Uh, this has been a very recent development. I'm moving moving on from my position at Hope for Cancer. Oh. I joined Tony Jimenez 
at the beginning of 2017, mm-hmm. and he brought me in uh, as his chief medical advisor um, just to oversee uh, the, the 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 function, all the aspects of the two clinics mm-hmm. that Hope has in Mexico, one in Tijuana and one in in Cancun. Uh, it was for me it was an extraordinary experience because um, all my experience in natural uh, integrative oncology uh, had been developed until this po- up to this point in the U.S. in a very restricted environment. So a lot of work has to be done away from the control of of the authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Put it that way. Uh, and Mexico, the work that's being done in Mexico is. It's completely different because there's a lot more freedom to do what needs to be done without any fear mm-hmm. of of, uh, of regulatory control. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that gives uh, room for a lot of charlatanery, right? Right, right. Uh, but on the other hand, there's a lot of very, very serious people doing very good mm-hmm. in Mexico. For me, working uh, mm-hmm. with Jimenez at Hope for Cancer was a great experience. Uh, a lot of very good work is being done by that group. Uh, was very enriching for me. And uh, presently, I'm moving on uh, because I'm focusing uh, on some other aspects of my career that I can't disclose too much right now because oh. I'm not quite ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, they're going to be significant. So I'll give you the the news when, when we're ready Good. To, ready to come out. Yeah, great. I appreciate this so very much. It's something that, as I said, I'd heard about it recently and was very interested in presenting it because it was so effective. And, you know, I look at a lot of things. But a lot of the things that are coming out that I see on Facebook are not effective. And I don't want to present things that are making me target, as some people have become. And so I try to stay away from things that are not effective. But this looked like it was very effective. And so it's something that I think needs to be out to the public. So Uh, Absolutely. Let me give you a statement as a medical doctor, as a scientist, Mm -hmm. 30 years experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the treatment of pre-malignant and malignant non-melanoma skin lesions, Mm -hmm. the body of scientific evidence and clinical experience present to this day Mm -hmm. make Curaderm unquestionably the most cost-effective treatment Mm -hmm. for for this type of lesions. Unquestionably. Mm -hmm. And this is a very... Uh, emphatic statement I make as a doctor and as a scientist. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. And again, I appreciate your spending the time with us to explain and give us all the information that people need that have skin cancer. So I thank you very, very much. Oh, you're very welcome, Carl. And it's my pleasure. And I thank you for the opportunity because this is what is needed right now. It's the spread of the information and you're contributing to this. So you're contributing to the change that is so, uh, so, so tremendously needed right, right. now in the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you again. In the time left today, I would like to tell you about my latest book on preventing cancer which is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and other bookstores, as well as on my cancer website, Holistic Cancer Foundation. The book titled Reducing Your Cancer Risk, A Holistic Approach, uses a public health model for the framework. In general, the framework postulates that there are multiple factors that lead to health or disease processes in our lives, and these include host factors, environmental factors, and agent disability factors. In order for disease to occur, there must be a strong disease or disabling agent, a weak host, 
and a favorable environment that brings them together. It is possible to intervene at various points in this process to prevent disease or move us toward a healthy phase. We focus on the period before the disease agent interacts with the host, and our interventions are directed towards strengthening the host, reducing the virulence of the agent, and making the environment less favorable for future interactions. Things one can do to reduce the impact of the environment and agent include working with electromagnetic frequency waves, ultraviolet waves, carcinogenic chemicals, and carcinogenic metals in the environment. Research on how these affect humans and ways to eliminate or reduce their effect are presented. For example, bisphenol A or BPA is an endocrine disruptor and may cause cancer of the breast and prostate. It is found in plastic water bottles, canned food lining, eating and cooking utensils, among other sources. During the summer months, when water bottles are transported in unrefrigerated trucks, the heat causes the BPA to leach into the water that you later drink. There are also things you can do to become more resistant. These include physical interventions, proper nutrition and fluids, physical activities, vitamins, minerals, herbs, and supplements, immune builders, smoking cessation, and use of sound or music. For example, research shows that eating proper nutrition reduces your cancer risk by 35%, and exercising 30 minutes a day for five days a week reduces it by 50%. Research also shows a strong body-mind-spirit interaction and the effects of mental-spiritual factors on disease. Thus, one should pay attention to forgiveness, faith, prayer, optimism, being positive, helping others, affirmations, and other activities. Research on the effect of physical, mental, spiritual behaviors and health illness are discussed in the book and what you can do with these behaviors to make the body more resistant. For example, about 50% of cancer patients have a forgiveness problem, and failing to deal with this leads to chronic anxiety and a depletion of killer cells that protect against disease. Ways to deal with forgiveness problems are presented. In addition, Links to interviews with over 75 experts on the topics discussed in the book are included. I thank you for joining me this week, and I hope some of the information was useful. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host.